uh, our theme for the next year, for the rest of this year, uh, is un is until Christ be formed in us. Everything that the Lord would give us to share should be based on Christ being formed in us. Amen? Because that's the ultimate goal. We don't need more law. We don't need more do's and don'ts. What we need is for Jesus Christ to be formed in us. What we need is a revelation of who Jesus Christ. We need to see Jesus Christ, and we need to allow him to be who he came to be for us and in us. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, last, last week we talked about forgiveness, and forgiveness is critical. I hope it had the impact on you that it had on me. But I want to talk about, I'm, I'm going to you know, continue along that line uh, just a little bit today, and then we're going to move on. But 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 10 and 11. We looked at this, uh, we looked at this verse last week, these verses. Well, let's look at them again. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. All right. So. It says uh, here, to whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave it, I in the person of Jesus. Talking about Christ being formed in us. Amen. We forgive it with the same forgiveness that Jesus has. Amen. Hallelujah. Lest, meaning to prevent the possibility, Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. I love this, because when it talks about that word advantage, it's basically it's saying to prevent the possibility that Satan should defraud us. An advantage, when it talks about the word advantage, it talks about being defrauded. Isn't that something? That he would defraud us. Okay? So we have to be careful. We have to forgive in order to, we talked about it last week. How are you going to receive forgiveness if you can't give forgiveness? Right? Amen. And if you don't forgive, then you're planting what kind of seeds? Wrong seeds. All right? Remember, anytime you plant a seed, any type of seed, what happens? It produces many more seeds. So if you plant a seed of unforgiveness, then you're going to plant many more seeds. You're going to get weighted down. Let's look at something. Go over to Luke chapter 6, verses 36 through uh, 38. Because normally when we see this verse of Scripture, I've heard it taught a lot when it comes to finances. But let's just look at this verse of Scripture. Uh, Luke chapter 6, verses 36 through 38. Okay. Be ye therefore merciful. 
Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Judge not, that's okay. That's right. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Next scripture. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, withal it shall be measured to you again. Now, how many has heard that in relationship to finances? Right? I mean, most of the time, do you ever hear that? When you hear that, it's related to finances. Back up to verse 36. Give mercy. Give mercy. Because your father's merciful. Next verse. Judgment. Tells you to judge not, for you'll be judged. With the same measure that you judge, it's going to be measured back to you again. With the same measure that you meet, it's going to be measured back to you. I can't wait till we get in to begin to talk about what judgment really is. And let me tell you, judgment is not seeing somebody in sin and say you're sinning. It has nothing to do with judgment. It's when you try to interpret their motives. That's what judgment is. It's when you try to interpret why they do what they do. Because sin is still sin. The Bible says so. Okay? Wrong is still wrong. That's never going to change. But you can see that somebody is doing something that goes against the word of God, but you don't have a right to interpret why they're trying to, why they're doing what they're doing. Because most of us say they're doing this because of this, they're doing this because of that. But the bottom line is we don't know why they're doing what they're doing. But there's no harm in asking them why so that you will know why. Because if you know why, then you can have an opportunity to do what? To minister in love the word of the living God. Because they may not know. They may not know why they're doing, I mean, what they're doing. They may not know that what they're doing is wrong or goes against God's word. But if you go to them and if you condemn them, then they'll never hear from you. But you can, but by, by, by not trying to interpret why they, why they are doing what they're doing, you can ask them. And they will talk to you. People should talk. They'll talk to you. 
Not ask, not tell them why they're, oh, that's because the devils make you do it. Stop that. That's just ignorance. But when you share God's word with them, that, you know, this is what God says about that situation after they've explained to you why they are dealing with what they're dealing with. And then you can show them God's, what God's word said about what God's word says about it. And if they want to know more, now you can tell them how to be what? Delivered. Is this making sense this morning? Isn't it better to be a minister of love? Amen? Not condemnation, but a minister of love. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Sin's always going to be sin. That's never going to change. God's word is not going to change because the day has changed. Amen. So, planting wrong seeds. Oh, oh, let me let me go back to that verse, and then I'll get back to that. And it says, uh, and it says us. So, and then we condemn not. So we don't bring condemnation. We don't bring condemnation to them because if you bring condemnation with the same measure you meet, it shall be met unto you again. Amen. Forgive. Given it shall be given unto you what? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. For once again, with the same measure you meet, it's going to be measured unto you again. Amen. So, and next verse. And it says, uh, and here it is. Given it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give these things unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, with the whistle, it shall be measured to you again. Amen? So the measure you meet, that word means the measure you meet, to meet, it means uh, whatever, you, whatever degree of attention or thought you give to a circumstance or situation, whatever degree of attention determined that you give determines what comes back to you? Does that make sense? That determines what comes back to you. So if you live in unforgiveness, right? If you live in unforgiveness, here's the measure that you're going to meet. You're going to begin to talk to other people about it. Right? You're going to talk to others. And while you're talking to them, you're going to, at some point in time, you're going to start giving a lopsided facts or, you know, lopsided truth. Oh, well, your truth. Notice I said your truth. On the way you feel. And with the same measure you meet, every time you tell the story, you relive it. You begin to relive it. And when you begin to relive it, you become you begin to become weighted down. I've been there. Where I begin to talk about something from the past or something somebody has done to me, and the more I talk about it, the head, the, the more I get weighted down, the, more, the the angrier I get about it. The worse I see that person. The worse I see the situation. 
and then all these other little things that seem like they would be facts that aren't facts, they begin to come in, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And the next thing I know, I can't find myself saying anything good about that person because I've been, I've been so weighted down with unforgiveness. Is this making sense to you this morning? Remember, this is about Christ. Every message we, me we uh, me uh, minister should be about Christ being formed in us. All right? So whatever you have, good or bad, whatever you have, good or bad, you're going to get more of that. So I want to bring peace. You see? I, I don't want to condemn anybody. I don't want to bring condemnation. I want to forgive because I, I don't want to be condemned, and I want to receive forgiveness. I want mercy. I want the love of God. I want the blessing of the Lord. I want to live according to the fruits of the Spirit. I don't want to lack in any area of my life. And we saw over in Mark eleven twenty three. That he says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. Would you turn there, brother? Uh, March, Mark 11, 23. I just want to backtrack just a little bit, and then we'll move on. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Thank, thank God for his word. And thank God for the ability for us to know what his will and know what his word is. Because we can ask according to his will and his word, and we can receive. However, verse 24. However, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. Believe that you shall re you receive and you shall have. Next verse. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, that your Father which is in heaven may forgive you, your trespasses. So your receiving is going to be based on your forgiveness. And, well, I thought, isn't that works? And that, well, no, not in that, res in, that, in that respect, it's not. Because, we said this last week, that if you can't forgive, you're not sure, then you really don't know if you're forgiven. All right? That's the giving and the receiving uh, concept there. The giving and receiving. Give forgiveness, and you know you receive forgiveness. Amen? Given it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. When you give forgiveness, then you have an expectation that you have already been what? Forgiven. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Remember, every individual seed you plant produces more seeds. All right? And if you produce negative seeds i'm not going to go over and get into the sowing of the seed but that is the most awesome 
uh, law in the Bible. Well, one of the most awesome laws of s sowing and reaping. And this is it's basically it's a uh, um, so every seed that you you plant produces more seeds. So what kind of seeds are you producing? What kind of seeds are you producing? All right. Are you producing the kind of seeds that produce that produce the life and nature of God? Are you producing the kind of seeds that choke out the word of God? Unforgiveness is a seed that will choke out the word of God. Amen. Do you believe it? Everybody say, I'm, I forgive. I hold nothing against nobody. God doesn't want us to walk in offense. He does not want us to walk in offense. Now, to most of us, offense is somebody does something to us that offends us, right? That's the way we see it, isn't it? Well, that ain't what offense is. That's what offense wants to be in hiding his ugly self. But offense is a stumbling block. When you take offense, it becomes a stumbling block to you. It becomes a stumbling block. I looked up that word offense. And whenever it talks about offense in the Bible, it's talking about a stumbling block. All right? And we don't want the offense of a, uh, we don't want any stumbling blocks. There shouldn't be any stumbling blocks. I want to find my verse of scripture. Um, isn't that crazy? I didn't write it down. All right. Um, Luke, chapter 17, verse 1. This is Jesus speaking here. Luke chapter 17 and verse 1. And he says here, then he says unto his disciples, and this, is, this passage happens to be on faith and forgiveness. Then he says unto his, to the disciples, it is impossible but that offenses will come. So if you don't think offenses will come after you, you got another thing coming. They can happen in your own household. A lot of times that's where they happen at, right? In your own family. Amen? It can happen in the workplace. It can happen anywhere, in church, anywhere. He says, it is impossible, but that offenses would come. But woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. And he's happened to be talking about little ones. But the same thing is if somebody offends you, now they, they need to work out their own salvation. They need to work this out with the Savior. Amen? They need the grace of God to not to be an offender. Amen. The same way you need the grace of God not to be offended. Now let's just go on and look at the rest of this. And he says here, um, take, look at these next four words. 
take heed to yourselves. And basically, pay attention to how you deal with those offenses. Don't let them become a stumbling block. Don't let them become a stumbling block. All right? If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him and repent. I mean, if he repent, forgive him. We forgive him. Amen? Hallelujah. But he tells us those first four, four words. Take heed to yourself that we don't let these stumbling blocks, not let these offenses become stumbling blocks to us, and it will hold us back. Amen? Hallelujah. You see, you don't see with your eyes. You see with your brain. And your brain interprets what you see, what you're seeing. Does this make sense? Your brain's interpreting what you're seeing. All right? If you ever make up your mind about anything, your brain tells your mind that that's what you're seeing. So my point is, if you focus on offenses, if you focus on the past, you're going to use judgment, number one. No, number two, I mean, you may not know why the person did what they did. That's why you go to them and you talk to them and find out why did you do so-and-so. All right? You let them know that you've been offended. This is good stuff this morning, folks. Understand it. You need to really understand these things. Because these are things that will hold you back from walking in who you are in Christ Jesus. Or walking in what Christ prepared for you to walk in. Is it making sense this morning? So... So if you, if you think on these things, if you think on the offenses, whoa, look what somebody did to me. If you make it about you, then these things will be built up into your mind, and you can only see one way. You're not going to see the way Christ wants you to see. You're not going to see the way he would see it. You're not going to look at, at it like water off a duck's back, but you're going to take it personal, and you're going to be weighted down. And when you're weighted down, then you you become sluggish and immovable, and it's hard. You remember that song we saw? I mean, we sang early, "Unfailing Love." Remember what it talks about? When my burdens, when these things that are heavy on me, Lord Jesus, come. Remember that. See, if you don't remove these things, they become pain. They become painful to you. If you don't remove offenses, they become painful to you, right? And pain brings what? Suffering. Then pain be brings suffering. And God doesn't want us to suffer. And you want to know what the father of unforgiveness is? And the father of offenses is? Taking offense for a believer? It's called pride. It's called pride. Pride. You know, we talked about pride in our Bible study for several, several weeks, and we're going to be talking about it on uh, Sunday mornings for a while. Because pride is an enemy, enemy to you and I. All right? Let's look at uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 6.
Pride brings offenses. And what do we say offenses do? Offenses cause you to stumble. Okay? You with me? The scripture says, not a novice. This happens to be talking about uh, desiring the offices of, of a deacon or a bishop. And it says, not a novice. It talks about a man ruling his house well. Not a novice, lest, or being, or I like to always point that out, to prevent the possibility of being lifted up with what? Pride that he falls into the condemnation of the devil. You know, you can be a leader in the church. You can try to, well, he talks about being a leader in your house. You know, pride will cause you to fall in condemnation of the devil. Oh, yeah, I'm the head of this household. Yeah, it's my way to the highway, buddy. There's no love in that, is it? There's absolutely no love in that. Every man should rule his own household with love. What kind of love? The love of God that's once again shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Amen? Is it warm in here? Would y'all somebody turn that heat down? Because I got folks a little sleepy in here. So turn that heat down a little bit. It will make you go to sleep. I'm telling you. I mean, I know I'm boring, but not that boring. <laughs> no. Amen? All right. So I, I want us to get this. I don't want to miss this. Uh, not a novice, to prevent the possibility of being lifted up with pride, he falleth into condemnation of the devil. Amen? Pride determines the way that you rationalize things. Pride determines the way that you see things. If you're living in pride, you certainly aren't seeing things to the eyes of God. You certainly aren't thing, seeing things that way. Pride will cor corrupt your judgment, and it causes you to fall into traps. All right? Pride has so many destructive characteristics. Mm -mm -mm. It causes blindness. All right? And, and when I say blindness, it causes you not to see the way God wants you to see. All right? It brings chaos. It brings turmoil. All right? And pride says that you're more interested in your opinion than anybody else's opinion. That is more about you than it is anybody else. That you know more than anybody else. Pride produces a, a warped paradigm that places me at the center of my reasoning. It's all about me. Some people know everything. Doesn't matter what God says or what anything anybody else says. Some people know it all. I know everything. You want answers? Look to me. I prefer to look to Jesus. Mm. I could go on, but I won't. Hallelujah. Some people know everything. You can't tell them anything. Like this old man said in the oil field one day, he'd been out here 10 minutes, done note it all up. With me at the center, I if, if I make myself the center, then I confuse my own self about the true issues and the, and the, con and the true consequences. 
All right? My reasoning is me-centered and, and not God-centered. It's, not, it's, it's the way I see things. It's, it's just my way. You know, you ever, you ever talk to people and you tell them something, oh, I know, I know, I know. Normally people that say that, they don't know. They honestly, when people normally when people say that, they may know, but they don't do. That's truth. That's what pride does. And I'll tell you, and it grips all of us. None of us uh, are, 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 are immune to, to pride. Until what? Until Christ, say it with me, until Christ be formed in us. Amen. My reasoning, it, it, it's, it's me-centered, and, and it's not God-centered. It distorts my ability to see, and, uh, and, and it distorts my ability to make sound decisions. It distorts my ability. It hinders my ability to walk in love. Make sense? I can only, I can't see the whole picture. I, I have tunnel vision. It's my vision. It's my interpretation of the way things are, not God's. So many are deceived and blinded by pride. Amen? Satan was so blinded by pride that after, they're having known God as as only the angels know God, he thought he should be God. He thought he should be by God. He thought he should be at the right hand of the Father. Let's take a closer look at pride. All right, go to Psalms chapter 31. We're going to look at verse 20. I'm going to look at pride and the ramifications of pride. Psalms 31 and verse 20. Thou shalt be, thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the what? From the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Oh, my goodness. We know that pride will always create strife. Proverbs 13, 10 says that only by pride comes contention. It will only, let me say it again, only by pride comes contention. Proverbs 13, 10. All right. Jesus, only by pride comes contention. Anytime you're in strife with someone, either one of you or both of you are in pride. I don't want to be in pride. I don't want to be in strife with you. Psalms 36, 11. Pride is destructive. It is destructive. It will rip your life apart. 
it will cause you to have bad relationships. It will cause your marriage to fail. It will cause your working relationships to fail. It will cause your friendships to fail. All right? Let not the foot of pride come against me, and let not the hand of the wicked remove me. See, pride is not passive. It's aggressive. When you have pride in your life, you find yourself coming against and attacking other people. Whenever, you know, somebody comes to you, you, you begin to attack people that threaten you because they don't see it the way you see it or they say something about you, so you go on attack and you start attacking other people. That's not love. That's satanic. That's the devil. My, 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 my. Let not the foot of pride come against me. So when I got pride and I'm attacking other people, it says, let not the hand of the wicked remove me. Wickedness. I don't want to be in pride. You attack the people who threaten you uh, or, or who, 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 or who threaten your false sense of uh, self. And that's this same pride is fueled by what? Insecurity. It is the mask worn by those who have a, a faltering self-worth. Are you insecure? Do you believe that you are who God says that you are? Do you believe God loves you the way that he says he loves you? Do you believe that he greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? Are these your realities? Then why would, need, why would we need to be in pride? Do we really believe that no weapon formed against us can prosper? Then why are we in pride? Do we believe that God is love? Do we believe that he is our God and our Father? Do you believe that, 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 that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God? Do you believe what Jesus said? He said, Father, show what Jesus prayed. Father, show them that you love them as you love me. Do you believe that he's greater? Do you believe that your God can do exceeding and abundantly above all that you can ask or think? Do you believe that the same grace that saved you, the ability of God that saved you, is there for you? Do you believe what Peter said in First Peter when he said grace and peace be multiplied through you through the knowledge of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you believe these things? Well, why do you think so highly of your ability? Amen. One sign of a person who's insecure is they will always function in pride. You know, we've always thought that insecurity um, um, it was some kind of fear uh, it's going to make me look a certain way or it's going to make me make a bad decision. Now, there's, 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 there's no doubt 
you know, well, these kind of things are, are, are a manifestation of, 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 of a type, you know, pride, but just, that's not the real issue. When you begin to see yourself, when you begin to be insecure, you should start seeing yourself the way God sees you. What did that song say? Jesus what? Jesus come. You know that you can call on the grace of God. That you can trust that he's always going to. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 4, brother. Hebrews chapter 4, we're going to read verses. Uh, um, let me see. I believe it's 13 through 15. Or maybe 14 and 15. Let me see. Let me get over there. Uh, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Who? The word of God. Who? Jesus. Verse 14 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, into the heavens Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. See, that's why you don't need to be insecure. Because you can hold fast to profession. Right? Our profession is what? That we're in the kingdom. We're a child of the most high God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am who God says I am. and the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm a son. I'm an heir. I'm a joint heir. I'm a child of God. I'm, I'm an heir. Heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Right? And he says, seeing then we have a great high priest that passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the same feeling of our infirmities, offense, and every other weakness, offense, but was in all points offended or tempted like as we were yet without sin. How are we going to deal with it? Amen. Watch this now. Let us therefore do as he did. Oh. Right? I mean, that's what it's saying. It's let us therefore come boldly. That would indicate that's what he did. Is that not what it would indicate? Let us uh, therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain what? Mercy and find Grace to give us permissive grace to do whatever we want to do, live any kind of way. That's not what that says, is it? It says, and let us find grace, the strength, the capacity of God, the ability of God to help in the time of need. Why do we need grace? Because we can't do it on our own. Amen. I'm going to go to one more verse of scripture and then we're going to shut it down right here. Go to first Peter chapter five. Oh, first Peter chapter five. And we're going to look at uh, um, verse. We'll start at verse five. Likewise, you younger submit yourselves 
unto the other. Submit. Submit. Ain't about you. Submit. All right, watch this now. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. Not pride. Be clothed with humility. For God resists this, the proud, and he giveth grace to the humble. He giveth grace. And most of us would take that grace and just say, okay, he gives us favor. No, he gives us grace. His ability, because we're not trying to live in our own ability. His strength, not in our own strength. His capacity, not in our own capacity. And what we, in, in other words, now we receive limitless capacity. Limitless. You become limitless because your God is limitless, and he gives you grace. And he says, watch this now. And he says, be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud and giveth grace unto the humble. Humble, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Not that you exalt yourself. Not that, that he may exalt you in due time. Now, this next verse, you'll hear this verse written all over Facebook. <laughs> you'll hear it thrown from one religious mouth to, a, to another's ears. And you'll hear it time and time again. But they don't look at the post text, text, post text, and or post text, pretext, pretext, text, and post text. I'm sorry. All right. Next verse. Casting all of your cares on him, for he cares for you. Oh, I'm just gonna cast all my cares on him, for he cares for me. I'm casting all my cares on him because he cares for me. Did you see what it says before? It says, humble yourself. He says he gives grace to the humble. So you can cast all your cares on him, and he can do something about what you can't do anything about. Then he goes on, and he says, be sober and be vigilant, being watchful, because your adversary the devil, let me show you something. Let me come, let me just get over here and show you something. Be sober. You need to be wide awake. You need to pay attention. You need to be vigilant. You need to be watchful of, these, of, of this next thing I'm going to tell you. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, what was he talking about two or three verses before? Humility. Being humble. Because this because your adversary adversary, the devil wants you to think of yourself more than you are. He wants you to be boisterous. He wants you to know everything. He wants you to, to go after people. He wants you to accuse people. He wants you to do all of the, in other words, he wants to keep you in pride. Because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may keep in pride. Because if he can keep you in pride, he can destroy you. 
He can destroy your marriage. He can destroy your business. He can destroy your friendships. He can destroy your relationship with your children. He can destroy you. God wants you to be, he doesn't want you to be in pride. Now, you read that any other kind of way you want to, but make sure you go back and see what he's talking about. Amen? We don't want to be in pride. We don't want pride affecting our lives. We don't want that cancer to work in our lives. It's in a cancer, and it comes to kill you. It comes to devour you. What does cancer do to people? It devours them. It just eats at them and eats their body. Pride is a cancer. It is not from God. We need the grace of God. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. This is what the world needs to see. If you walk in pride, you can't walk in love. We need to walk in love. We need to recognize as a pastor, I have to recognize that I don't need to draw you to me. As an, I'm an under-shepherd, you come to me. My job is to lead you to the chief shepherd because you can cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. He will apply his grace. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You love Jesus? Isn't he great? He said that he came to seek and save the lost. He, Jesus came, the Bible says he came to destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If anyone does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, there is no salvation around Jesus. Don't let nobody lie to you and tell you otherwise. Peter told the very Jews who were the people, were his people. He said, he went to them in, 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 verse, in, uh, in Acts chapter 4. He says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you say, I heard this word, and, it, and it's tugging at my heart, that's the Holy Spirit pulling on you. It's your time to give your life to the Most High God. It's your time to ask Jesus into your heart. He said, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. He said, for with the mouth... I mean, with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Let's make that confession. Today's your day. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. I'm a sinner. I come to you, Lord God, and I ask Jesus. I believe the message. I believe that Jesus died for me and that he rose again. I believe that he came to give me life. I believe that without him, there is no hope for me. Lord, I ask you, Jesus, to come and live in my heart, to change me, to transform me, to bring me into your kingdom, to bring me into the kingdom of, into your kingdom, to live in me and to dwell in me. 
I believe that I need you as my Savior. I thank you that you died for me and you rose again. So come into my life and live in me. And Father, I thank you for this in Jesus' name. If you can agree with me, if you can make that prayer, then today was your day. You were born again. And you have come into the kingdom of the most high God. And he wants to be formed in you so that your life will change. I know you would have a lot of questions and, and uh, you need a lot of answers. But that's why you need to find a Bible believing, a Bible teaching church that can lead you, that can disciple you into the things of God, into what just happened in your life. Father, we thank you for it, and we receive everyone that's coming to the kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen.